Good morning, Ian Power with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. We are going to talk about disposal, disposal of your toxic stuff around your house. We're also going to talk about uh, call before you dig uh, with Fortis BC and why that's important for you to know. And that's whether you're building a fence or building a deck or if you're just playing in the garden, uh, we'll have some details on that uh, for you to consider this morning. First, I want to bring in our friend Andy Barrar from Get Connected on CKNW. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Ed. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. A little sore, but I'm um, okay. What do, you, what do you mean you're sore? Well, uh, as you know, I've been doing a, a bathroom reno all of July, and um, basically every weekend uh, I'm going. It's a it's a rental suite, so it's being rented out on August first. So I kind of have a <laughs> now I know why you're that, sore. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it seems to me that a you know big time tech guy like you would have staff to handle this kind of thing. <laughs> I wish a big time tech guy who watches too many how to YouTube videos. Going, <laughs> I think I can do this myself. You got to stay away from that YouTube, you know. That's it's going to be your doing in. Uh just before we we get into the reason why I wanted to talk to you this morning, I I have to ask you about your garden because you've got raised bed vegetable gardens with irrigation. Uh you're so in in tune with nature. It's all recycled water. Uh, how's that coming along? And uh, and have you had the the taste of your your your, your labor yet? Well, yes. Uh, I, as you know, I did build a raised garden, and I, again, I was doing YouTube searches on how to build a garden, and uh, basically built a raised garden bed. And what I did, I, I realized after I had the garden, especially around May when we had a really hot spring, was I I, I didn't have time to water it all the time. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out a a tech solution. To, to solve that. And what I realized is my garden was close to my gutter system. And so I tapped into the gutter, the rainwater. As it's going down, I put it into a rain barrel. And then from the rain barrel, I built an irrigation system with a valve control <laughs> so that I have this full 200 liter rain barrel that now can water my garden, which you know gives me a lot of time. So all I have to do now is turn the valve and it starts to water itself. And it's been fantastic. It's like a rainforest inside that garden. I overseeded it. That's the only thing I realized is that now I realize um, that you're not supposed to put too many seeds inside your garden because they all grew. Well, I'll tell you, you've really missed the boat on this one. Uh, I've got to tell you, Andy, I'm thoroughly disappointed in you. Uh, In fact, (laughs) I I might just end this conversation right now. You mean to tell me that you've got to turn the valve? You You don't have an app on your smartphone? Well, actually, that's funny you mentioned that. I'm looking into an electronic kind of a valve <laughs> of thing where I can are. remotely turn it on and off. <laughs> Look, at, uh, let's, let's move on here. And, and I, I say it in jest because uh, I'm kind of jealous, to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm just happy to grow grass in my backyard. Um, look at, so with this bathroom renovation, and this is why I called you today is because you discovered something in doing your renovation that I think is something that a lot of people run into and, and perhaps aren't prepared for. So, so tell us what happened. Well, it's a, I, I live in an old house and the bathroom, uh, there was a leak behind the tub. So I knew I had to gut the whole thing out. And as I was taking it out and, you know, I've always known that you have to separate the drywall from your rest of your garbage. So I basically had two kind of garbage cans going and I was breaking up the drywall and I put it away. Now, typically in the past, you would just take it to like the transfer station or to the dump and you had two separate piles. But a friend of mine had told me because the house was so old that that drywall, because it's likely to be really old, that it needs to get tested for asbestos. 
And I had no idea that this was the case. And thankfully, I had a friend that came and told me that because I could have gotten into some serious trouble mm-hmm. when I tried to take it to the transfer station, knowing that uh, it is old drywall that needs to get inspected before you could dispose of it. Well, that's right. And you probably wouldn't have got past the gate. Exactly. So I saved myself some time because, um, I, I honest, to be honest with you, Ian, I didn't know that um, old drywall needs to get uh, inspected before you can get rid of it. And so uh, it's glad I, I contacted you to kind of confirm that uh, before I took it to the dump. We're going to go through, uh, Steve has uh, put together, um, and, and, and I'll invite you to stay tuned, Andy, uh, he's put together a whole list of toxic uh, items, how to separate them, where they go, and, and that kind of thing. What, what's the vintage of your home? Well, it's, uh, from what I can tell, it's, it was built in 1946, and there's been a lot of renovations throughout the years. A lot of different owners had passed. So um, not, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, as I take the, I was looking at the plumbing, I was, I was kind of curious. I'm like, why did they do it this way? But it looks like they were just adding on to the house. So a lot of the things aren't, um, you know, don't really make sense. Sure. They're, they're working. Over the years, things, things get updated. Uh, even, uh, by, uh, Steve, uh, up to what, about 1991? 1992 was sort of the fail-safe now. Okay, about 1992. We, we didn't have your mic on, but, but we, we got you now. Uh, Andy, anything else we need to know before we go to, go to our break? Well, I, I do have a lot of questions, um, especially with the drywall. If you have tiles on it, do you have to separate the tile off the drywall before you dispose of it? If it's non-contaminated, um, the transfer stations, uh, the, the gypsum transfer stations will take it. It just costs you more because of the weight. And if it is contaminated, again, that just gets all bundled up and goes with the uh, contaminated stuff all the way to Alberta. And I'd also like to know how they test it as well and how long that takes. You can get a test done while you're standing there or five-day turnaround, and it's done by microscope. It has to be looked at under microscope to see the fibers. What's the cost difference between getting it done now? Probably more than waiting a few days. Exactly. A, a right now test for the lab we deal with is about $125, $130. And if you can wait five days, it's $40. How much, how big is a, a, of a piece is tested? They really only need about two square inches. Okay. Small Ziploc bag size. Okay. And if it does get tested for asbestos, is it cost more to get rid of it afterwards? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, it's a different process of, of disposal. Yeah, like what's the difference? How do they dispose? What's the difference between disposing asbestos-based drywall with ones that aren't? Well, the stuff that is not, it goes back into the closed-loop system. that gets recycled and turns back into new gypsum. The stuff that is contaminated gets bagged up in special bags, labeled and shipped to, to a hole in Alberta. So the, the abatement companies have to deal with that. It's hazardous materials. The cost goes up uh, quite considerably. You could consider a bathroom... Uh, if you have an eight by ten bathroom, a eight by eight by eight bathroom, you could be looking at two thousand dollars to get rid of all that uh, gypsum. Wow, I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that I I did separate it all and and put it uh, aside before. Usually, typically when I do a reno, I like to get rid of the garbage right away, so I'm working on a clean site. But good for in you. Case, in this case, I had to kind of put it aside. Uh, and then tried to figure it out after I got the bathroom done how I was going to dispose of all that all that gypsum drywall. So the the question begs, and we're we're starting it. We're pressed up against this clock, Andy, as I know you can appreciate. But but I have to ask, and I'm afraid to to, to know the answer. But did you do all this work before you knew that it was asbestos? So in other words, you did all this uh, deconstruction. Yeah, I had no idea that uh, <laughs> that it could possibly have asbestos. Uh, luckily, I was wearing a mask and Good. gloves when I was doing the the job, but. 
I wish I knew it beforehand. And I think it, for a lot of listeners there, they need to be educated on this before they start a, a project, especially on an older house. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought this to our attention. And uh, we are later in this program, before the hour is up, we will go through a more comprehensive uh, list of things to watch for in terms of toxicity and uh, how to identify it, where it goes. And, um, and we'll also include how much it will cost if you don't follow the rules. So with that, we'll have to leave it there for now, Andy, and wish you uh, good luck with your bathroom reno. And, and by the way, we're still waiting for our barbecue invitation. <laughs> well, you know, I got to the summertime is the time that you get all this work done. So hopefully I can find a weekend where I can invite you guys over uh, for, uh, for a barbecue. We'll look forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Andy Barrar, who is the co-host of Get Connected on CKNW, uh, talking about a bathroom renovation that he did uh, unwittingly uh, with asbestos in the materials. And uh, Steve has put together, as I said, a a fairly comprehensive list of what to look for, the where-tos and and all of that, and we will get to that uh, later on in the program. We're also going to get an update from Jeremy Lye at the CKNW News Desk on the very latest from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where there has been a shooting. And we're also going to get into BC One Call uh, before you dig. If you're working in your backyard, another story that's important to you uh, for your safety and the safety of your family and your neighbors. This is the Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back. Ian Power with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. In June and for all of July, Fortis BC is promoting the call before you dig message to all residents of this province to emphasize the importance of safe digging practices. The idea is to encourage you to call BC One Call before you dig, whether you're gardening, putting in a fence, building a deck or landscaping, all of that requires a call. So we invited Erica Shada. Did I get that right? You did. Oh, good. Thank you. Because <laughs> I was worried about that. Uh, Erica is the communications uh, corporate communications advisor with Fortis BC, and she has uh, joined us in studio to talk about some of the easy steps for safe digging. Thanks for being with us. Ian, thank you for having me today. It's nice to have you with us. Uh, uh, I'm glad that you were able to come in. We, we hear ads for this, and, and I know that Fortis BC has an active role in trying to educate the public on this, but I think it was important to to get out. And uh, born from my own experience, having done some gardening and some lawn work this year, which was long overdue, uh, I, I came to the realization that I too should be making that phone call before digging. And is it true that one of the reasons why you need to, in a, in a backyard situation, to call is because quite often the, the Fortis lines, the gas lines, natural gas lines, are really not all that deep, are they? That's right. So it's great to hear that you are aware of the need to call before you dig. Uh, a lot of people think of calling before they dig when they're doing outdoor projects that involve uh, excavating machinery, but it's also really important to call BC One Call when you're doing things like gardening, landscaping, or building a sun deck. Um, And as you said, uh, natural gas lines can be a couple feet below the surface of the earth. So the first step that you want to do to Uh, make sure that you are ensuring your safety is to call BC One Call. So if you're planning on doing some outdoor projects on a Saturday, for example, you'll want to call around Wednesday, and that will give... um, that will give you enough time to um, receive the 
natural gas line information from BC One Call. Um, and that will be emailed to you. So once you receive that, it's really important to take the time to closely review that information. And if you do have any questions about it, you can call Fortis BC and they'll come out and help you locate your gas lines. This call to BC One is for Fortis BC, but it's also for other utilities as well, is it not? That's right. So there's many utilities uh, that have lines buried underground. There's cable lines, uh, water lines, electricity lines, just to name a few. So BC One Call is a central agency. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization, and they will contact all the different utilities to make sure that uh, that those utilities are then going to be able to provide the information to uh, the homeowner who's planning on doing a gardening project. So the BC One call, I suspect, uh, and if you know, you can let me know, is it funded by the utilities? That's correct. So the utilities have got banded together to work together to try to, to make this uh, an, an, a, a safe experience for everybody. So two business days is what I'm told that you need in order to get that ticket. Do you get that uh, via email or does it come to you uh, how? So the a ticket comes to you via email. So for example, uh, if you are asking for mapping information for your natural gas line, Fortis BC would send you that information via email. And then when you start your project, what you want to do is make sure that you have that mapping information on hand. So, for example, if you're building a deck, uh, you want to take that information and um, locate your line in your your backyard. Um, And you want to do that with these little orange flags, or you can use some paint and make sure you, that way you know exactly where it is. And if your project happens to be close to where the natural gas line is, then you're actually going to have to hand dig the line to expose it. And so you never want to use an excavator or any other machinery by the li- to expose the line. You'll always want to hand dig it. What happens in the case, and I would imagine this happens from time to time, where you have a contractor who comes to your place or that handy person who mm-hmm. maybe not a contractor but does a bit of work on the side, and they say, oh, don't worry about it. These are the same people that will tell you you don't need a building permit, for example. Don't worry about it. I know where the lines are. Uh, what, sh- what would you suggest a homeowner do knowing that that likely these people don't know where the lines are. So that's an interesting uh, an interesting question because uh, oftentimes we do see incidences where homeowners um, are in a situation where they've had a contractor hit a gas line and they didn't think to have that conversation ahead of time with the contractor to make sure that they have called BC One Call. So it's always a good idea whether you're doing your the outdoor project or you've hired a contractor to make sure that they have their BC One Call ticket uh, no one wants to find themselves in a situation where they have uh, hit a natural gas line. Well, that's my question. Uh, maybe this is maybe this is the one dumb question I get each morning. Although I, I suspect anybody listening would know that it's more. What happens if you hit a line? If let's say I'm digging a, a fence post and I, I haven't called BC One and I hit that gas line, what what are some of the scenarios that might play out? So the biggest, uh, the biggest risk involved with this is really safety. Um, you're creating an unsafe digging situation for yourself, your family, and your neighbors. Um, but logistically, what happens is um, the line is hit, and um, 
when you do, when you do, you'll hear the hissing noise and you'll see that the line has been severed. Um, so really what you want to focus on in if you are in that unfortunate situation, is to shut off any machinery that you may have been using, um, as well as any sources of ignition. Uh, and you want to evacuate the area. I'm going to stop you there and ask you to hang on for a moment. Would you do that? Okay, thanks. She's nodding, uh, and uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> Erica Shada, Corporate Communications Advisor with Fortis BC. We are talking about the importance of BC One Call uh, before you dig, and we'll pick up on that in just a moment. We'll also get the latest from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with Jeremy Lai. Uh, the Home Discovery Show continues on News Talk 980 CKNW. Ian Power back with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. Believe it or not, Steve and I are texting one another. We're sitting <laughs> right across from each other, and that that's what it's come to. In studio with us is Erica Shada. She's the Corporate Communications Advisor with Fortis, BC. Uh, we're talking about some easy steps that you can take for safe digging, and she's joined us in studio. And uh, this is for uh, somebody who's working in their yard. Uh, for example, if you're doing some gardening, as I've been doing this year, if you're putting in a fence or building a deck, any kind of landscaping, all of these things require a call. Before the break, we were talking, Erica, about um, some of the things that can happen when you hit a line. So if you would just pick up on that uh, again, what are some of the hazards if a line, if a natural gas line is hit? So if you do hit a natural gas line and you have severed the line, it's important to remember that you want to evacuate and call our emergency line as well as 911. And you're also going to want to tell your neighbors to evacuate as well. And what a lot of people don't think about is when they have uh, hit a line and it appears that they haven't severed it, they don't smell that rotten egg smell, um, it's also important to remember in that situation that you don't want to backfill the hole. You still want to call Fortis and make sure that they can inspect the natural gas line so that we can ensure it's safe. That sounds like a, something a lot of people might do as a sort of an instinctive kind of flight or, or, or one of those uh, natural reactions. It's just, let's cover it up. Exactly. You never want to cover up the problem. No. <laughs> and, and in that case, is there ever um, a risk of hitting a line, a natural gas line in a residential situation where, is there a possibility of an explosion? Uh, there's a very small possibility of a natural gas explosion. Uh, natural gas is a very safe, affordable energy source. Um, however, it does need to be treated with respect at all times. Um, so we do encourage safe digging practices for that reason. So no smoke hanging out of your mouth. No, that wouldn't be a good Probably idea. Probably not a good idea. But, because uh, you mentioned earlier, and, and don't mean to interrupt you, but I think this is important. If you've got power equipment, gas-powered equipment especially, or even electric uh, equipment, you want to turn that off and get it away from the situation. That's right. So if a natural gas line has been severed, you want to make sure that any machinery uh, has been shut off and that you have shut off any sources of ignition. Of ignition. Is there a uh, cost to the homeowner uh, to call this, uh, the, 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 uh, the BC1 call, do, does it cost any money to receive the report and the ticket? So the cost to BC One Call, as well as the information that BC One Call sends you, is completely free. So it's very easy to receive that information, and uh, you will receive it within two business days of making that phone call. Now, we've heard the ads, and the ad always says it's the law. 
So what happens if I burst the line because I've got my shovel in the ground without having that ticket? Well, what's the consequence I might face? Well, safety is always the most important thing that we focus on. Uh, we want to make sure that people are safe. Um, but in addition to that, what many people don't realize is that when they do hit a natural gas line, they are responsible for the cost of the repairs. And those repairs can cost uh, sometimes thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And no homeowner wants to be in a position where they have an unforeseen cost when they're trying to simply enjoy an outdoor summer project. Sure. Now, the key is is that you need two business days in advance of your work. So if you're working on uh, Thursday, you need at least all of business day Tuesday and all of business day Wednesday to get back. That's right. So it's two business days, and it's always good to give yourself some extra time. And that way, when you are uh, when you are marking your natural gas line or you, when you do need to hand expose it, uh, give yourself enough time so that if you do have any questions, you can contact Fortis BC if you need help. Here's the thing. I mean, there's no need for you to guess. Uh, don't let a contractor and don't for yourself, you don't need to guess. Uh, I want to give the number for BC One Call. It's one 800 474 6886. I'm going to give that to you one more time. 1-800-474-6886. Or you can go to bc1call, one word, bc1call.ca. And of course, the the Fortis, uh, Fortis BC website as well has some very good information on it as well. That's right. And if you are calling from your cell phone, you can press star 6886 as well and get through to BC One Call. Another important thing to remember, too, is it's not only when you're starting an outdoor project, but also if you're a new homeowner. When you move into a new home, it's a good idea as well to call BC One Call and receive that information about where your buried utilities are. Right. And it's... and. Now, you're with Fortis BC, obviously, but it's important to note that this is for all utilities. It's not just for natural gas, although I suspect that natural gas is probably the one that has the potential of causing the the most grief for people. Well, uh, there... It's important to make sure that you understand where all of your buried utilities are. Um, and if you do understand that, then um, you can ensure your safety. Is that kind of information in terms of uh, where, like, for example, if I were to move into a new home today, is there a place that I can go online to see where those lines might be? Or do I actually have to go through the, the BC One Call? You do have to go through BC One Call. That's the best way to make sure that you're getting the clearest information possible. And does that help to cover my backside in any way. So in other words, if I call, I have that information, I have the ticket. And if something should go sideways because of a miscalculation or something, uh, would that help to protect me from any kind of liability? So the majority of the incidences uh, where there is third-party damage to our natural gas infrastructure are from uh, are preventable. So we have a very good record of um, accuracy with our mapping information. So it would be a very unlikely situation. Um, and we do ensure that we're constantly make, updating and making sure that that information is accurate. Let's give out that number one more time for BC One Call. Call before you dig. Uh, again, uh, for gardening, uh, putting in a fence, building a deck, landscaping, uh, anything else that people do in their yards that, that, that are common, that they, that they need to make that call first? Really, anything where you're in a digging situation um, and you're planning on digging uh, 
deeper than a couple feet um, into the Earth's surface is a situation that you want to get in touch with BC One Call. What if you have kids playing out in the backyard and they're just, you know, playing with the, the, you know, the plastic shovels and that? Well, that's a really great opportunity to educate your children on the importance of calling before you dig. Good one. Didn't think of that. Thank you for for doing that. Uh, Erica Shada, Corporate Communications Advisor with Fortis BC. Thank you for coming in this morning. It was nice to see you and nice to meet you. The number for BC One Call, 1-800-474-6886, star 6886 on your cell phone or on the internet. It's bconecall.ca. Uh, to get your e-ticket, and uh, they can do that within two business days. Steve wanted to know what he was texting me about. He says, what about old people? And I don't know why he's picking on old people, because <laughs> have you seen this guy? You know uh, that don't have the Internet. It, what do people like? Th- so BC One Call does you, uh, does you can fax the information to you as well. Okay. Um, so we have that available, and we also have services um, for... Uh, for people who uh, require that information in different languages as well. So um, BC One Call does make every effort to ensure that we can that they can get that information to um, all different age ranges of people. 1-800-474-6886, star 6886, bc1call.ca. Erica Shada, Corporate Communications Advisor with Fortis BC. We will take a break on the Home Discovery Show. We will get an update with Jeremy Lai at the CKNW News Desk, the latest in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and more on the Home Discovery Show on the disposal of things that contain toxic uh, elements that we don't want to be anything near. Uh, we'll be right back on News Talk 980 CKNW. Ian Power back with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. And we're going to bring the Home Discovery Show full circle this hour with a little bit more on things like drywall, otherwise known as gypsum, wallboard, giprock. Uh, it comes uh, under a few different labels. The point here, Steve, is that uh, this started with our friend Andy Barrar from Get Connected at uh, CKNW uh, Saturday mornings at 10, and he's uh, undergoing a do-it-yourself bathroom renovation, and it wasn't until a friend of his pointed out that perhaps the drywall that he was removing or the wallboard was toxic, It, it had asbestos, and indeed it did after he had it tested. So my question to you is, in a broader sense, where is it found, asbestos? What are the things that we should be looking for in terms of, of any kind of toxic product that we shouldn't be handling? Well, Andy found the most common one that we would get into more regularly, and that is, that is in the wallboard, the gypsum wallboard. It's also in, uh, um, the other one that's most popular is the ceiling texture. Some call it popcorn, some call it uh, spray tax, that's a brand name, but it's, it's, it's in the ceiling texture, the, the bubbly stuff that's on the ceiling. Uh, but it, it's, it's not the gypsum itself, it's in the taping compound. So it's in the compound. It's in the compound. So the tape joints over the screw holes, nail heads in the corners, all that stuff. It's also around, uh, because of what it is for, it's for heat resistance and fire resistance. It's in around pipes and tanks and boilers for the heating system. Uh, your forced air ducts, if you, if you see it, they're exposed. It's also in the backing paper of sheet vinyl flooring, commonly called linoleum. Is it still being used? It is not being used anymore. Gypsum was the last uh, holdout till about 1988 is when they stopped manufacturing the product with right. the fibers in it. Then they said, we'll just give it a couple of years to clear out the old inventory. 
but recently they've now said 1992 because of the closed-loop system of the gypsum recycling, it's shown up in some of the recycled board. So if you're doing a, for example, if you've got one of those popcorn or textured ceilings and you want to smooth it out because that, that texture stuff looks, it looks just butt ugly, uh, you want to go to that smooth surface. If you're scraping that texture, you could be in, in for some kind of trouble or at least exposure to, to a toxin. Absolutely. And that is the most hazardous exposure because of how it's being removed. You're right at ground level, uh, zero ground level, and you're scraping it off. You're really agitating those fibers. That's how is it answer. identified? It's through a microscope. The, the lab techs, um, especially trained and qualified lab techs, look at it under a microscope and the different layers. They, if it's a gypsum board, for example, they do a, a peel down of different layers of everything and they'll look at it under the microscope and find those specific uh, identifiable fibers. Now we hear the word abatement, uh, that the place has to be abated. What what are we talking about? What's the process? Well, it's, it's, it's setting up a controlled environment for the removal of the hazardous material. So imagine... Imagine a house that's undergoing a bug spray, uh, someone's being tented off. It's similar to that, but it's done on the inside. And depending upon what is being removed, if it's just some wallboard versus a ceiling, which again is the, is the most hazardous, they'll have to tent up the area, create chambers to, to separate the air, have fresh air coming in for the workers, have the exhausted air go out. They'll have to have wash stations so that they can be washed on the way out of the contained area. And all the material has to be bagged and then bagged again, labeled. And it's, it's quite a process. Quite often if you see a house coming down, uh, which is often these days, and you see the windows are all oranged out with plastic and the, the doors are all plasticed off, that generally is a sign that there's asbestos abatement going on. Correct. And these guys and, and men and women that do this work are quite often uh, in, in, a, in a protective suit and it's very dangerous to be exposed to it. Asbestos is not such a, a bad thing if you're not stirring it up, but the minute you start opening it up, then you open yourself to exposure. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Where does it go? So we've established we've got contaminated material. Then what? Well, it's, it's well, quite simply, it's bagged up and shipped to Alberta. There, there's a hole in Alberta, and, and uh, it's sent over there. And, and Well, why Alberta? is because we don't have the facilities here in BC to deal with it. Uh, it's just it's just not set up for it. So it's it's trucked out to Alberta, and they have the facilities to deal with it safely. What if, uh, as a do it do it yourselfer, or as you or as a contractor, you decide mm, I'm going to do it anyway? I'm going to handle this contaminated material. I'm going to save some time. I'm going to make some more money. Uh, what happens if you get caught? Well, if you get caught as a homeowner, you're simply, or very simply, uh, just risking your own health. Uh, asbestosis, mesothelioma, uh, all sorts of toxins, stuff that won't happen today. They're, they build up over time and they cause injury over time. So you may not ever know that that house you renovated 30 years ago uh, contaminated you. And it's based on the level of contamination. If you're taking the ceiling down, you're, you're a greater level of contamination. So as a homeowner, illness, potential illness. WorkSafe BC has of late, uh, as always, but of late, especially have turned up, if I can say, the heat on this. Yes, they have. Absolutely. What are the fines? Uh, we've got about half a minute here just to give you a time indicator. Fines, fines can be a few hundred dollars, um, but they're based upon the severity of the incident, the sort of the blatant disregard of the rules, how long the company's been around, uh, and, they, and they could go up to $100,000 and more, and or um, you could be suffering some kind of criminal prosecution. All right. Well, thanks for that. Appreciate that. Uh, don't mess around with asbestos or any kind of other toxins that may, uh, just just like the call before you dig, it's best to ask first yes. before you make the mistake and suffer the consequences. 